Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a business examiner news group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the president of Miracon Development. He stops by to talk about his time in boxing at a national and international level, as well as his transition from teaching high school to leading an impactful development company in BC's Lower Mainland. Our conversation starts now. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. My name is Ryan O'Shea, and I'm the current president of Miracon Developments. Miracon is a single and multifamily residential home builder, and we're operating primarily out of the Fraser Valley with projects in Surrey and Langley. Awesome. Well, Ryan, I appreciate that very much. Been looking forward to this chat for some time now. Um, and just to, to get us going, I wonder if you can give me a little bit uh, of a career background and just kind of tell me how you ended up uh, where you are now. Yeah, so I actually was a high school teacher for six years. So um, I did my undergraduate degree in kinesiology and then um, a bachelor's of education. And I was a high school teacher in the Surrey School District for six years. And then both my wife and I decided to go back to school and we completed our MBAs down in California. So at that time, um, I came back, I taught for an additional year, and then I transitioned in the family business, which at that time was uh, solely invested in land development and focused in residential construction. Awesome. And so was that to sort of that, that family business you mentioned, when I was going through your LinkedIn, I saw like a Mitchell group. So that was it. And then is Miracon kind of a, a, an offshoot of that? To Yeah, it's a great question. So so Mitchell Group's our parent company. So Mitchell, Group's, Mitchell Group Investments Inc. And then Miracon Developments is the residential home building division of Mitchell Group. Okay, awesome. No, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and so I even maybe to, to back it up a bit. So you you know, you finish your education, you start working in development. What does that look like for you kind of from the jump? Was there like, like, what was that initial role for you? And then did you start to maybe see some leadership opportunities come out of that? Yeah, it, uh, humbling, I guess, going from being a teacher to being on site and um, I worked on our very first uh, residential project, which was a 28-unit townhouse site in South Surrey called Prima. And I was on site every day and laboring and then working with the site super, doing some assistant site super work, um, quality control, and then eventually transitioned into more, I guess, senior management-related roles in marketing and then as the vice president of construction and then to the president. Wow. Oh, that's awesome, man. Definitely a, a transition I wasn't expecting at all uh, <laughs> from uh, from uh, from high school teaching there. But uh, so in that, is there, you know, as you look back on the past, I think it's, it would be eight to 10 years, roughly, you've been there. Is there a, a kind of a highlight, maybe whether it's a project or maybe in a, an organizational critical mass point that was hit, anything that kind of sticks out to you, that, something you're particularly proud of? Yeah, I, I think we're particularly proud of our last townhouse site, which we just completed in Langley. It's called Foundry. It was a 106-unit townhouse site, and we got a lot of recognition for that as Residential Community of the Year. And last year, we were actually named um, by CHBABC in Haven as the Multifamily Builder of the Year as well. So that was a nice accomplishment and, and recognition for our team. And uh, the other project that I've been working on and we also just completed was Aspire. And so that's uh, in conjunction with uh, the Langley Hospital Foundation Board, which I sit on. And so we built a seniors living facility it's it's market rental for people 55 plus and it, it's right behind the langley memorial hospital and so once it's fully leased out all proceeds from that project will be returned straight back into the hospital to serve the health care needs of those living in the fraser valley so 
that's been a really cool, um, exciting and re rewarding project. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Fraser Valley Commercial Building Award Judges Choice event. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, that's great. Appreciate kind of that career background. I wanted to jump into a little bit of uh, sort of your athletic and boxing career. We connected on LinkedIn, I think, following the event and uh, saw just some interesting posts about, about Boxing Canada, did a little bit of Googling uh, about you there. And so I wanted just to see if you could kind of give me some of your uh, and information about your athletic background, you know, national champion uh, in boxing, Team Canada representative. And just, you know, was that something that started early on? Like, were you, you know, 10, 12 years old and you just kind of stuck with it? Or how did that unfold? Yeah, I was, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, I was pretty much born into boxing, both sides of my family. My mom and my dad met through boxing. And at first they didn't want me to compete. And I, I was pretty persistent about it. And so I really got involved in the sport around 10 or 11 years old. Ended up having about 70 fights. I boxed for Canada, um, represented Canada at the World Junior Championships in 1999 and 2000. And then transitioned from a competitive athlete to working as a board member within Boxing BC and just giving back to the sport and the community that way. Um, but yeah, boxing is a huge, huge part of my life. And uh, now that my athletic uh, pursuits are behind me, I'm, I'm heavily involved, I guess, at an administrative and governance level within Boxing Canada and World Boxing. Awesome. Well, very cool tie-in. Um, and something that has stuck out before I, a, a couple of years ago, I interviewed a professional poker player uh, and uh, who is also a business owner. And there's a lot of parallels between kind of competing at that World Series of Poker level and, and running a business. And so just to, to bring that to, to your own career, you know, you've, you've been a top-end athlete. And have you, is there things that you've been able to parlay from that, maybe from your training or maybe the grit that's been developed over the years into your professional life? I think as a high performance athlete, you're always setting goals and measuring those goals, tracking those goals. And so I think there's there's a parallel between, you know, working towards measurable, realistic and attainable goals and tracking those. Certainly grit and boxing's one of those sports, you know, as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And so how do you respond when you've been knocked down and how do you react when things aren't going your way? So I, th I think there's there's a lot to learn from all sports, but especially boxing, because, you know, Quite literally, you do get hit. Quite literally, you do get knocked down. And how you respond to that determines whether or not you're going to succeed uh, in the fight and in life. Yeah, no, I think that's that is phenomenal. And so when you you know when you're looking at, at finishing out your you know your your athletic career, what was the drive for you to get involved in in the administrative side of things? So again, as I mentioned, like being born into it at the time, my dad was the president of Boxing Canada, so I, I saw not only the athletic side of it, the coaching, the officiating. But also, how can I get involved at a governance level um, as board of directors and help support our athletes that way? And so I saw that firsthand growing up. And um, after I kind of retired as an amateur athlete, I became the president of Boxing BC for seven years. And two years ago, I was elected the president of Boxing Canada. And then last November, I was elected as vice president of World Boxing. So I have a kind of unique perspective of amateur boxing, Olympic style boxing at the world level now, and also helping support our athletes domestically, especially those who are working towards the Paris games this summer. Okay. Well, that is fantastic. Well, I, yeah, it's just cool to have that, uh, that have that, have that connection. Um, uh, mixed in with your business stuff there. I want to jump a little bit more into uh, just uh, or kind of back into your industry. You know, you're with, 
the headlines and interest rate things. And there's, you know, always seems to be some kind of doom and gloom uh, when you're in the news. And I would contrast that with what our team hears uh, on the ground uh, from business owners is often quite different. So I'm wondering if you can just maybe speak a little bit to kind of what you're seeing maybe within your sector and your expectations for the, for this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the fundamental underlying elements that put constraints on our industry haven't changed. In fact, they've they've probably gotten worse in the last 12 months with zoning changes and and bylaw restrictions and interest rates. But we still have a a major issue with a lack of supply. And so I, I think it's just a matter of time until we see adjustments in the interest rate environment and continued upward pressure on pricing and demand. Like the demand is still there. The supply is still low. And I think it's people are waiting on the sidelines to see adjustments in interest rate prices. Interestingly, we didn't have a lot of movement on, on our one project right now, which is Murata States. It's a, it's a 55 unit single family subdivision in Langley. And things were quite slow at the end of 2023. And we've seen quite a lot more movement since the Christmas break's been over. And we've had a lot more interest, traffic through our show home and offers coming in in the first month of this year. So I'm actually seeing thing cha things change already. Um, and I think that's in anticipation of a change in the interest rate environment. So I expect things will pick up in the spring as they normally do. And if we see interest rates come down, I think we're going to see a lot more traffic through our show homes and a lot more offers on, on our homes. Okay. Awesome. Well, that is great to hear. Um, and you mentioned briefly about the, the zoning side of things. Obviously, there's been some fairly aggressive moves from the provincial government there. Is there anything specific that you're comfortable talking about in terms of a legislative act uh, or a governmental outlook uh, on the um, on the construction and development sector that uh, that maybe concerns you or even that that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you want to be careful here. We, we all have active projects in multiple cities, and and I, I do think municipalities and cities are working hard to bring supply on, but it's the amount and challenges. And the timelines, I think, that we're facing right now, and it's as much as the intent is to bring supply online, it's still too slow. And so those underlying fundamentals that we need more supply to drive down housing prices, we're simply not, not getting there. And, and housing supply is not coming to the, onto the market quick enough, regardless of the good intents and, and, the, and the initiatives that are being put forward. We need to bring more supply online to bring housing prices down, and that's simply just not happening quick enough. When you're talking with your peers within the development community, are there additional nice-to-haves or, or you know, is there a silver bullet in terms of something that could really expedite things? Or is it just you're kind of stuck because there's so many levels of bureaucracy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are have been attempts. I mean, projects that fall within the NCP are being excluded from from public hearings right now and, and little things like that I think are are measures that are being implemented to speed things up 6 8 10 12 weeks but like we really need to bring large scale housing online very quickly in order to meet the demand that's currently out there and so I don't know what the answer is um because I respect and understand the process that needs to you know unfold at a at a city and municipal level in order to have projects approved but we need to work collaboratively with cities and municipalities to find a solution to this because housing prices are out of reach for so many people right now, and we're simply not bringing housing online quick enough to, to address that. For people who are listening who may not be in your sector or they may be, how would you recommend they look at this from like a strategic perspective? Maybe that could be something along the lines of just, you know, hold and rate for interest rates or do you know you put your background as an MBA how are you kind of attacking this from a I guess from a thought perspective 
I, I still think this is a phenomenal industry to be in, both from a reward perspective. It's great to build communities. It's it's great to build homes for for people, and I love what we do. And I think it's a it's a great place to be. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, in the market right now. But as I said, the underlying fundamentals haven't changed, and I still think there's a lot of upside business opportunity for for developers and for residential home builders. There's just temporary short-term uncertainty. And so if you have a project, if you have a piece of land and you're able to hold out and weather this short-term storm, I, I still think it's a great place to be situated and a great industry to be a part of, especially in the city. I mean, Vancouver undoubtedly is one of the most desirable places to live. And so regardless of the price of living here, um, people are still going to want to live in Vancouver. And so I don't see, even with supply coming online, housing prices being adjusted too much. And it's just a rewarding uh, and fulfilling industry to be a part of, especially in Vancouver. Jumping into the final four here, four questions that we ask each guest. And I can start off just asking if you've got a favorite book. I guess favorite book would be a book or books I've, I've read on a number of occasions just to seep out as much knowledge or wisdom as I can. So two books would come to mind, Ray Dalio's Principles. Um, I've read a couple of times and Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Favorite app outside of email and your uh, office suite? Yeah, I guess be, like, between apps and podcasts, I would say. So app, um, mindfulness, um, it's a meditation app that I use. And then you didn't ask about podcasts, but I'll hop over there. I've been spending a lot of time on the Rich Roll podcast, um, Huberman Lab, which I think a lot of people have visited in the drive by Peter Atia. So kind of health-based, longevity-based, science and neurology-based podcast that I've been spending a lot of time in lately. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I've been on Hubberman for a bit, got doing the cold showers and the red yeah, lights yeah. and all that stuff. Um, that's great. Now, this one uh, is always one of my favorites. Personal advice that you've received, and this could either be, you know, a theme, maybe it was, you know, parents or business mentor, but anything come out of like a, a sentence or two of something that's really helped you along the way? I, I was asked this a, a couple of years ago, and I think I'll stick with the same thing and it's it's an extension. I think, I think Ray Dalio modified it, but you can have anything you want in life, but you can't have everything. So choose carefully and don't confuse your goals and your desires. Be careful what you focus on and just choose what it is that you actually want because you can have it all. You just can't have everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is a hard thing to learn at times too. Awesome. Appreciate it. And the last one I've got for you, a favorite restaurant uh, in the Fraser Valley or Lower Mainland. Tap and Celsory. It's definitely number one for, for a nice meal out is, is tap. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. Sponsored by Coastal Community Credit Union. Who's helping you take care of your financial health? Visit cccu.ca for more information.